Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you in what week 11 or 12 of the lockdown era of the Wrestle Talk podcast? I read an article this morning about Boris Johnson having said in 12 weeks we can turn this all around, and they published that this week, which means i think it was 12 weeks ago but who really knows i just know <laughs> it in terms of pay-per-view cycles well yeah and this will be a what fourth fourth pay-per-view now so if we're going strictly by wwe ones obviously wrestlemania money in the bank and backlash so yes. Rit, that's that's three yeah so and 12 weeks makes yeah. sense yeah, yeah, yeah but we've also done double or nothing uh two in there as well quadruple or nothing take over take yeah, over take- in our houses it was, and we were all in our houses uh, together. At least, you know, some of us were. Some of us need to get eye tests done. Um, but yeah, we'll need to dive into this AEW podcast because say it ain't so, oh, oh, there's a trouble a brewing in the inner circle, it would seem. Uh, here is the show. Can't believe you threw right into that without letting me sing the rest of the song. But to kick off, we will be talking about Sammy Guevara, who we, we've said, you know, for about since the start of the year, really, that we think there is a slight bit of tension being built between Jericho and Sammy. It is so, so, so subtle. Nothing has ever come out. But sometimes Jericho will just say, no, that's not the right thing to do, Sammy. Or why didn't you get a better platter? You've given it yeah. to Mike Tyson. 
or it's been things like Sammy has worked slightly babyface in some of his matches uh, and things like that. But they've also, you know, they've been doing a lot of stuff with the sex gods. But now it's starting to almost feel like it's bubbling up to the surface and you've got commentators talking about it. And now you've got, because like one of the, the beautiful things about this is that the inner circle has got various, you know, it's got Jericho, it's got Hager, it's got Proud and Powerful, it's got Sammy. But the Jericho and Sammy relationship is the Owens and Jericho relationship from Raw a few years ago. There's just some other background players to this. So that's the one that's really key to this. So while there are five members of the inner circle, crucially, there's two key members. And that is Jericho and Sammy. Yeah, it's that cardboard cutout, isn't it? That picture of them both hugging each other with the over-the-top gleeful looks on their faces. And that's, you know, I bet as soon as Jericho saw that image, he was like, huh. We should break up eventually. <laughs> Nothing mean, I, that pure. I would wager it's been in in the plans since before Dynamite started. Like this was their first storyline that they'd mapped out. Totally agree. Jericho's putting together his faction. He's got Hager, the former WWE guy, the muscle. He's got Santana and Ortiz, the tag team. Who's the young guy who I'm ultimately going to put over at the end of all of this? It's Sammy Guevara. And what a great choice. I don't, but for my money, we'll, we'll talk about the developments on this show so far. But yes, it is now being sort of addressed in the universe of AEW as opposed to just little nuggets and teasers here and there. I don't think this is a, a thing that's going to pay off, hopefully, for six months. No, I think it was be a while. I mean, I said, I think it was on the last AEW stream. I said, I wonder if the match are all out, you know, because they're teasing Jericho Tyson, right? Like that's one of the things they're really building to. I wonder now if it's Jericho Sammy at all out with Tyson as the enforcer or Tyson in Sammy's corner. And you can have Sammy beat Jericho and then you end off that segment with Tyson knocking Jericho out. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I, you could do that way. Uh, I, I, I don't really know how you get to that point because I where I was kind of always into the idea of a Kevin Owens-Jericho match eventually in that whole storyline, I can't see myself... Sammy's such a good heel. I can't yet see him as a babyface, even though he works really well as a babyface in his matches sometimes. We've still got a few months to get to All Out yet, because that's in August, right? So we've still got two months worth of story to be told yet. And then, you know, three months, effectively, depending on how early you, you do it in August. So there's still, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I still very much see, it'd be like trying to turn MJF, not quite to the same degree, but like I couldn't see an MJF babyface turn at this point yet, even if you did start doing some teasers for it now. So yeah, I still think we need some time with Sammy, but like planting those seeds with Matt Hardy coming out, particularly because like, and this is the fun part of this, is that, so Sammy had a match with Colt Cabana, which we'll, maybe we'll talk about in the actual full review, because there was two storylines running concurrently in that match. But after the match, uh, Matt Hardy came out and it was, I think this was version one Matt. So he kind of looked like, yes, no, it was version one Matt because Team Extreme Matt came out later with Private Party. So and he had the Matt facts. And he had the Matt facts on screen. But I wasn't sure if he started out as Team Extreme Matt, then changed into V1 Matt because he then changed in their same promo. I wasn't sure if he did like three changes. Either way, Matt shows some, you know, some graphics on screen. So you've got Team Extreme Matt and version one Matt who were trying to help Sammy trying to be the the respectable veteran who are trying to help the younger talent, trying to guide this man away from the bad man. 
but Matt also has Damascus, broken Matt Hardy, who doesn't like Sammy Guevara and is currently feuding with him. So you've got Matt is trying to help him while also feuding with him at the same time, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, 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 it is. It is fun. (laughs) I... I, 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 it's like I love the idea of Matt Hardy's amazingly creative brain, uh, and sometimes it ends up popping me to to degrees that very few things do. But when he transitioned from uh, V One Matt Hardy into Broken Matt Hardy, out there live, so he just kind of ducked his head and then came back up again and went yes to become Broken. I, I had one of those moments where I was just like. I hope no one walks in on me watching this right now. You know, that's I think that's the mark of when something doesn't work. And yeah. I, I I don't I don't like to say it out loud because I like Matt Hardy a lot. Uh, but this is a very ambitious character he's doing. He's doing three now. You know, as if the broken Hardy character wasn't big enough as it is. And 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 we both said, you know, we like the idea of leaning more into that fractured persona, a sort of schizophrenic version of Matt Hardy. Um, but now I'm seeing it play out. I, you know, the the sort of benchmark for this is Mick Foley and those three faces. It it was a bigger deal. I think he handled the transitions between characters far more effectively because they were weren't done as much, maybe. And when they did happen, they were kind of at the climax of a larger bit of action, as opposed to mid promo. So what you're saying is you hate Matt Hardy, you hate this dumb gimmick, and you just think it's a big pile of garbage? I'm sure that's what the clip version will be titled. It's <laughs> <laughs> what the comments will think you see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't think it's a hot take to say Matt Hardy's gimmick is divisive. It's just, it's, I wish uh, well, I could... Co- oh, do you remember when I said this? Do you remember when I, <laughs> they did the first Woken Matt Hardy match in WWE and I was like, yeah, it was fine. Do you remember that? Do you remember how much hate I got for saying it was good? Uh, but the it's it, what, what's more frustrating to me is I can't make up my own mind because sometimes I really enjoy it. Other times I'm like, oh, I don't like this at all. So I'm like, what what do I feel? <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've talked about this before on the, the show when I was like, you know, I would I, I, I've been using sort of my friend Tom as this sort of like hypothetical lapsed fan that you could show them. He's a real person, but, you know, he and he's expressed an interest in getting back. And there have been times where I've been watching AWB and like last week's episode is a great example where I'm like, yeah, this is the episode you do want to show to a new fan because it's so engaging. And it's it's a good benchmark for being like, this is a just a consistently good show throughout there's nothing in there makes you go like oh what's this or that was crap it's just solidly good but there have been times where you've had those solidly good episodes of aew and then matt hardy does something that like you know vanguard one pops in or and you're like "Uh, mm, Mm. yeah this might be a bit of a this is this is a shutting door moment for those new fans to be like nah there's there's probably a reason i did walk away from wrestling it's an incognito browser opening (laughs) moment we all know what those are. Uh, so the, well, but the, I mean, to get back on track, I guess, though, is, yeah, like you said, Matt, version one, Matt was kind of trying to preach to Sammy, say, get rid of Jericho. You could be so much better without him. And on the rest of the show, Jericho was on commentary for most of it. He was off commentary for this match because he beat down Orange Cassidy and the one preceding it. But the inner circle did have a presence on the show. Uh, but Sammy wasn't always with them. Mm, yeah and i i I think they're doing a very 
nice job and they've done a very nice job since you know they, sammy turned heel on the first episode of dynamite to join forces with jericho so we are months and months into this story that they've been telling and we're to get to this point now we're only just starting to sow some possible seeds of, of doubt in sammy you could run this for another year or you could or you could do it all out and i don't think either one is rushed and i don't think the other one is too overlong i think they've played this very very well and I'm really excited to see, like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of stoked to see babyface Sammy Guevara. Because he is, he, lit- he has a literal babyface. So I'm curious to see how that actually works when you put it on TV. Yeah, I mean, I think something recent times has taught us was, if you look like a babyface, you're going to be best as a heel in this modern day and age. Uh, my only, the, the thing I would say is, if if Sammy turns babyface, I want Darby to turn like mega heel and have that as one of the eternal feuds where they're kind of the Batman Joker always on opposite ends of the morality spectrum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's say thank you to all you wonderful $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. There's a new graphic right there. That's where you can become a pledge hammer and not just get all of our exclusive podcast content, which includes me and Luke reviewing New Japan Dominion 2018, 
the one with the, the the actual greatest match of all time backlash of Omega versus Okada 4. That will be going up sometime in the next week. Not only will you get to compete against us in Wrestle League matches, not only are you about to have your name read out right now, but we've also got a new reward for $50 a month or more backers. You get an exclusive Pledgehammer t-shirt. Oh, and you know, I mean, you know me. I love a t-shirt. I want a t-shirt. Yes. Uh, so for the $25 a month or more backers now, you gotta you got to up it to the 50 and you can get that t-shirt. You're a wizard, Harry Burgess. Yes, and you Whoa. get a cheap pop at the $25 level. The real boss, Matt Robinson. Thank you. Probocop. Oh, yes. He's part man, part machine, all pledgehammer. Sayonara, Kaney Grant. Thank you, Kaney or Cheney. The monster among Patreons, Brian Strowman. Caught in a Travis Webb. Thank you. The five-time champ, Brian T. Oh, five-time, five-time. The baddest boy, Joey Gianella. So bad. The vision, Adonis. Oh, what a vision. Uh, Fug Life, Andreas Fugliestlia. Yeah, I might butchered that. Joseph Starsky and McCutcheon. Well, yeah, nice. It sounds a bit like Hutch. Yeah, it sounds a bit like Hutch, I guess. Uh, I think he's talking to you, Damien Thompson. Thank you very much. And of course, as always, and moderators full of modichlorians, Mod Mother Jenna says she's lost internet. Uh, Oh, no. Oh, no, she's back. It's okay. She's, She's mother of the mods. Um, and anyone else who's in the chat? Uh, Matt Manic, Bill, Tomo, uh, Bumhead, Rob, all the usual crew. Shall we get into some s- 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 super chats for people's thoughts on this? Indeed. So, Colostopia says. Archer, Spears, FTR faction. What if Hangman turns on the Elite and Inner Circle turns on Jericho so we get Inner Circle with Hangman versus the Elite and Jericho? Hold on. A lot of moving parts there. I was going to say, hold on. Right. So actually Jericho's the one that turns Babyface out of all of this and he joins forces with the Elite and Hangman Page turns heel on the Elite and joins forces with the Inner Circle. I was just trying to work out, only because at the start of this we had the Archer, Spears and FTR faction. I was like, how do they factor into all of this? Just separate faction. All the factions. I I don't like that at all, I'm afraid, Colostopia. I think Jericho... That wouldn't work well for Jericho. Page, when he splits from the elite, I think works far better as a Lone Ranger kind of badass tweener force. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Pat, Paddle Ron 6. My favorite line from Jericho yesterday was Hager is beating up a 15 year old version of himself uh, when Hager was beating up Orange Cassidy. It's very good. Yeah, so Jericho was on commentary for like the sort of the first half of this show and was, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, as always. Mm. Uh, Cotic Punk. I, I wanted that... to... Yeah, no, you're right. I thought, it was, I thought it was more chaotic. But yes, I think it is Cotic. It's Cotic Punk. I want a scenario where after Sammy turns babyface, he will actually start winning and build to a TNT championship run. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of it. You know, the, the story they were telling with Sammy on this show is that he hasn't had a win in quite some time. 
And yeah, t- maybe turning babyface will be that thing that really kickstarts his career again. And yeah, going for a, a TNT challenger. I think that's really good. Well, he picked up a win here, though. So ho- hopefully that storyline is kicked into the long grass in a good way and they can mm. revisit it later. Uh, and finally, for now, on the subject of Sammy as a babyface, Dylan from Cork. Hey, uh, Dylan. Now, babyface Sammy versus MJF would be a fantastic feud. Yeah, I like that a lot. I just can't imagine Sammy's humour working in a non-annoying heels way. So I can't. I just can't imagine those promos. So uh, last night's episode of AEW Dynamite opened with the. I really like these opening video recap packages. They don't just pick on one view. They sort of summarize everything that happened last week. Mm. Yes. And this was, you know, it was talking about Mox versus Cage, which is the big match for Fighter Fest next month. FTR making their in-ring debut this week. Jericho versus Cassidy, because they're building that as a long-term story. And highlights of Cody versus Jungle Boy. So it's like, you know, tell you, these are the matches you want to see tonight because the TNT Championship means so much to Cody. And, you know, he's going to be defending. He's already building some stars. Who's he going to be building tonight? Mm, Definitely. Uh, And we kicked off after Jericho joined the commentary booth. I thought four announcers was too much. Yeah, uh, it was perhaps. Yeah, because uh, some of them just had to go quiet for a bit. I felt like Skiavone just went silent effectively, you know, just chimed in when needed. But four announcers. I think a three-man announce booth at a wrestling show can sometimes be a bit much um often can be a bit much but four man is definitely too much yeah especially with how big jericho is as a character there's there's no room for a third and fourth people on that people on that team and i didn't enjoy this combination as much as i enjoyed the lockdown versions when it was just jericho and uh skiavani mm. but um the that this was all for ftr's debut match kicked off the show it was against butcher and the blade it is so weird seeing them work babyface it really was, although, I mean, I've got here in my notes, FTR arrive in their truck, and then in all caps, I just love them. I, <laughs> I am a, such a mark for formerly the Revival, now FTR. I've, I've always been a mark for this team. And it's so lovely seeing them here in AEW and just just being like and it, this isn't even the best version of themselves yet. Like, And I love the fact that we're waiting for that Bucks FTR match because that screams all out like that has to be a big time all out match hopefully in front of that big big crowd as well I'm just I'm so happy to see them here and then by the end of this match when you had a lot of the tag team standing in the ring I'm like hot damn AEW has the best tag division in the world yeah the young bucks came down after FTR quite easily beat the butcher and the blade in the end with a assisted spike pile driver and the Young Bucks come out and sort of say, hey, they cut." I thought Matt cut a great promo here. He was yeah. like, we didn't get a chance to introduce ourselves last week. We're the best tag team in the world. We've done this, this, this. Nice we've, to meet you. Yeah. It's like a we've really aggressive carrying, politeness. Yeah, we've been carrying tag team wrestling for the last 20 years. Uh, I, yeah, I thought it was re- because this is what their feud has always been about. Like their feud on social media was, you know, th- there's team the young bucks always being awarded the best tag team on the planet awards and ftr sitting there being like yeah but i think we are like and so 
And I, that's why I loved the promo last week. That's why I'm super excited for the match that they're going to have. Two notes that I had from the match itself. Uh, I love them doing the draping DDT as a tribute to Randy Orton. Like, we, you know, it, it's come out, you know, since that Randy Orton was one of those guys that was really pushing for the revival to get more TV time on WWE. But for whatever reason, the higher ups just didn't get them as a team and never put them out there. And Hashtag so this leg slap for that. So, well, I mean, yeah. No flips, just fists. Of course, Randy likes them. Um, rest holds. Um, so it, I think it's quite lovely for them to add in the draping DDT to their, their arsenal. The other thing I really liked about this as well is that they cut to the crowd at one point, And in the crowd, you've got Arn Anderson watching. You've got Tully Blanchard watching. And you've got Jake, uh, um, Jake Roberts watching. The three big legends, old school legends that they've got in AEW who have, you know, in kayfabe world have all taken their time out to go sit in the stands and watch FTR wrestle because they're fans of their old school mentality. It's one of the things that people have always like legends have always said about the revival is we like the revival because they're old school wrestlers and it's the style that we did. So therefore we like it. I totally agree. I think all of that was was great. Uh, I like their, we're just going to drive up entrance as well in their car. Uh, if I'm being hypercritical, though, I didn't, I wasn't blown away by this at all. Oh, no, it was a perfect, uh, it was a standard match. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. It, until the, the end angle, the post-match angle, where we got that standoff between the champions, the Bucks and FTR. Spine-tingling stuff. But this is their first match on Dynamite. And the majority of it was the Butcher and the Blade working over, I believe it was Cash. Yeah, Cash Wheeler. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm kind of thinking of all the people who didn't watch that 18 months of NXT who really don't know how good the Revival are and how good they can be. Was this the best use of them? Should they have been booked as grey tweeners going against the heel team? Or should they have been booked against someone like a private party that they can dominate mm. and and really get over the threat? I, I think looking back, I would have preferred that. I, I get why you want to do a Shades of Grey approach. But yeah, I, I if, if I'm being hypercritical, yeah, I don't no. think it's the most effective. And I don't think you're wrong on that. Absolutely don't think you're wrong. Um, after that, we got a quick bit backstage. Uh, Ali, speaking of the Butcher and the Blade, the Bunny is now with QT Marshall as part of their dark storyline. And it, it just screams dark yeah. story, doesn't it? <laughs> and uh, yeah, the Nightmare Family are sort of like, why is she here? Why is she got a Nightmare Family jacket? It's all quite transparent that she's a plant in some kind of way. They've got a tag match against Omega and Paige next week. Because why? Yeah, I mean, we've gone over the rankings thing before. They're not the number one ranked tag team. They shouldn't be getting these shots. Uh, I also don't know what the situation is in the women's division because just when you think they're going to start having a story, they decide to not use that person the next week and do something else. So <laughs> last week we saw Nyla Rose be Big Swole. Big Swole seemed to be getting a bit of momentum going behind her. And this week was just a good, but ultimately very episodic tag match between Pen Penelope Ford and Nyla Rose against Chris Statlander and women's champion Shida. Do you know how low <laughs> the standards have become for the AEW women's tag division? Uh, the, I said the women's tag division, just the women's division. I actually had a message from on, on Twitter this morning from someone who said like, hey, it wasn't a lot, but at least it felt like this was moving forward. 
Like that's how low our standards have become for AEW's women's division. Where it's like because they do something that sort of resembles a story, we're like, oh, I think they figured it out. I don't know why this company can't can't figure it out. I don't know why they can't book their women into storylines. They just go out there and just have matches that mean nothing. And like, and and do you know what? I'm sorry, I, I don't want to cut you off because I just thought of something else. Then, but the, so they released the rankings, like you know, before an episode of Dynamite goes out, and basically everyone in the women's ranking have all got like equal numbers. They are literally fifty-fifty booking the women's division. Yeah, and as we know, that means nobody really gets over. Uh, and this, I, I, there isn't anything left to say on this. We've said it all. They made this a huge part of their pre-launch campaign. We're going to have the best women's division in the world. They didn't think about that hard enough because WWE made that impossible because they signed everyone. But even then, they managed to get a really good roster and they made characters out of a lot of the people there. But... They just haven't done anything with them. And every time we think, oh, maybe this is something. Oh, maybe they're going to start treating them seriously now. Next week, there's nothing. We're on to something else. It's bad. It's bad. And don't let the like in-ring good fast-paced wrestling distract you. Overall, this is like, this is the worst part of AEW by a long shot uh, in, in as, a, as a, a bit of content and also largely as a company. And it sucks as well because coming off the back of Double or Nothing, that Shida Rose match was the match that a lot of people were talking about as like, you know, possible match of the night because it was so, so great. Like on any other show, that might have been the best match on the card. Just so happened to be on the same match, the same card where you had Moxley and Lee and the stadium stampede. And what's more frustrating is that we've had that conversation twice before with Rhea and Nyla Nyla Rose. When Nyla Rose won the belt from Rio on that episode of Dynamite, we said the same stuff. Oh, here's the thing now. This is where it's going to pick up now. Nothing happened. Granted, there was a pandemic during that time, but everything else managed to get good. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, but why hasn't the women's division? it's It's really... You know, I, I I love AEW. I hold it to very high standards, and and they consistently let us down. Do you know what? It, and perhaps this is. I mean, this is. Pu- I'm going to put this out there. This is pure speculation on my part. Massive, massive speculation on my part. But I think it's a quite a damning indictment of AEW's women's division that Diana Perazzo went to Impact and not AEW. Like, you know, that is someone who has gone from NXT, who you know had some choices. I don't know if she had calls with AEW. I've no idea. But she went to Impact, where they are treating their women's division with much more respect and are doing really, really good stuff with them. And I think if you are a wrestler and you look at the sort of your options the, of the companies that are still doing tapings, I'd probably be going to Impact as well, despite the fact you're not going to get as much exposure. At least you can go down there and make something of yourself. You're totally right. I, I didn't even think of Impact, but their their women, their world champion is is Tessa Blanchard right now. Uh, I know there's the moose controversy, but we won't get into that. The, the we said it on 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 the Raw review, WWE are doing the best women's wrestling of any major promotion in the world right now, and that's you know that's the, I I had AEW as in second place in my head, but really if you break it down, it's it's Raw, it's NXT, then it's probably Impact, then it's Raw, then it's SmackDown, then it's AEW. Yeah. So yeah, really damning. Um, after the, well, what happened there was Penelope Ford used the title behind the referee's back, pinned Sheeta for the win. 
Yeah. I'm so sure then, that will be slightly followed up on yeah. eventually. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the match we get at Fighter Fest. However, next up, we got Darby Allen in black and white trying out a skateboard trick watched on by Tony Hawk. I, I mean, do you know what? <clears throat> I hope Darby Allen is a playable character in the Tony Hawk's reboot that's coming out in a couple of months. Like, that, it, that's some great exposure there for Darby and AEW as a brand. I want the opposite. I want the inverse of that. When <laughs> AEW's wrestling video game comes out, I want there to be an option where you can use the skateboard as a weapon and you can get on it and do tricks around the arena. Yeah. I mean, imagine grinding way, along the barricade and then hitting a, a clothesline. Either way works for me. Absolutely, either way works for me. But this was, um, yeah, Darby Allen did a video with Tony Hawk that basically his gimmick that he's running at the moment is that AEW aren't clearing him medically to wrestle, but he doesn't give an F. And that's not, he doesn't live his life by doctor's notes and things like that. So, like, he posted a video on social media of him jumping off a balcony uh, at a hotel into a swimming pool. And here he is trying to land a, a, a skateboard. I think it was an Ollie he was trying to do off a ladder onto a ramp. And you watched him fail over and over again. And he's hitting the floor hard as well. Like, you know, if, if you're telling the storyline that he is not medically cleared, he's not doing himself any favors to, to make the doctors think that he's fine. And then he finally hits it. And I thought this was a terrific bit of character work for Darby. And like all of these videos that he does are terrific bits of character work for him. Uh, and I, I, it was just very, it was done very subtly because there was no build up of Tony Hawk. There was nothing like that. It wasn't gratuitously replayed over and over again like another company might do. So I, I appreciated the subtleness of this cameo. I always used to think Tony Hawk's name was Tony Hawk's because of, <laughs> because of his video game. <laughs> I, uh, I used to work Tony at Hawk's. You're going to play Tony Hawk's? I used to work at Game Station when I was in Portsmouth during my university years, and a guy once came in and said, "Have you got that? Um, have you got that Tom Hanks skateboarding game?" Laugh <laughs> is like a skateboard. <laughs> so it, it was always referenced as Tom Hanks skateboarding, and like it's all of the various characters that he's played over the years as playable characters. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Um, um, we we got Britt Baker next. Uh, it's similar to Darby. She's obviously not cleared right now. So they're just keeping the plate spinning. This was kind of more of a just a talking head intercut with footage as opposed to the really inventive stuff we got last week. The best thing about all of this was how Chris Jericho introduced it. JR <laughs> does the long spiel, given the history of Britt Baker, what she's going through right now, what we're about to see. And it's just a second before it's about to cut. Jericho yells, promo! <laughs> <laughs> I bust a gut laughing this morning when I watched that. I really liked Baker's lines where she talks about how Big Swole keeps talking about all the struggles that she's had. Hey, I've also had struggles. I had to do exams that I didn't study for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after that, we got, speaking of Jericho, we got the inner circle represented by Hager, Santana and Ortiz taking on the best friends in a six-man tag. So at the start of this show... Um, when FTR had their match with Butcher and Blade and then the Young Bucks came out and then Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, the tag champs came out and Havoc and Kip Sabian came out as well. They were part of that sort of like free saw at the start of the show. And I was like, 
look, I mean, my note literally is like, man, what a stacked tag division this company has got. And then you get to hear there are other tag teams that could all that are part of that division, including Proud and Powerful, who are still have not had that chance to really shine in this company yet. And the best friends. And then later on in the show, in Private Party, I'm like, there's another tag team. And lest we forget, the Lucha Brothers are also part of this company because Phoenix is out with an injury and Pentagon can't get into the country. But And Dark Order was also on this show. What? It's the greatest tag team division in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. Um, yeah. It's like the tag division's better than the singles division. Really. <laughs> it <laughs> is. is. But they did. They did say, you know, they didn't deliver on the women's division promise, but they did keep saying we're going to make tag wrestling the best. And yeah, they yeah, have. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this match was was really good, really fun. Um, Orange Cassidy won in the end after a hot tag, or as I said in my news today, a lukewarm tag. Name of your wrestler, Luke. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Uh, and he sort of used a, a low-effort pinning combination to get the win. I really like the post-match to this, where the inner circle do the standard heel beatdown. But in one of, like, it's classic Jericho. This is like... This felt so 80s old school wrestling. He's got a, a 20 pound bag of oranges. And, and the commentators just... are putting over like how heavy those oranges must be. Because you've got to, because when he got out the oranges, I was like, oh, it's a bit of a stupid weapon. As soon as they started saying like, it's 20 pounds there that he's just thrown at his face. I'm like, well, that would hurt though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so great, great job by commentary. And I just, it's, it's like, Jericho's mentality here isn't so much to hurt the guy, although he did bust him open hard way. Not hard way. I think there was a blade job in there because Jericho even said he's been juiced. Yeah. It was more. It was more the humiliation aspect of it. I can beat you up with some oranges, which is your name. Yeah, Blood Orange Cassidy. Very, very good. I, I thought that was very nice. Um, also going to give a shout out in this match to uh, someone who was watching Quizzlemania last night. The designer of that <laughs> inner circle Guns N' Roses t-shirt, Adam Berry. He was watching Quizzlemania last night and he got in touch with us. Uh, yeah, he put up a couple of designs and AEW purchased. He also did um, one of Cody's new t-shirts as well. Quizzlemania, where the big boys come to play. Can he can he make us a t-shirt too? <gasps> I don't know, Adam Berry. Can you make us a t-shirt? I'll I'll, try, I'll get in touch with him. Get in touch Twitter with him. Machine. We can we can have it like Adam Berry. We can do an all-in graphic and everything. <laughs> uh, then um, I can't remember who was doing the the mic segment at ringside, but it was Tony. It was, it was Tony, Tony. Schiavone. But MJF grabbed the mic and started talking about how he's been undefeated for over a year now, and Billy, then he started to clash with the gun club at ringside, had this great line where he was like, you're just trying to get your kids jobs in the company. And they set up a match between them for next week. Yes, which I, I've written here. Looks like we're going to get Billy Gunn versus Wardlow, but I was wrong. We're going to get Billy Gunn versus MGF, which actually is the better match, really. Um, but yeah, this was one I, I enjoyed. Uh, so Tony's trying to interview Billy Gunn, you know, about the Gun Club and and what he's seeing here. And MGF walks up and says, "Now, Tony, do your best job and be a mic stand for me." <laughs> Very good stuff. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. I think uh, Gun versus MJF is a is a really smart bit of booking. It's really smart. Really, Gun, really smart. Gun's got the established name. He's enormous. It'll be a great win for MJF. E mm. Easy, easy momentum, that is. Totally. Uh, we've already talked about the Sammy Guevara aspect of the following match, but 
there was an actual match with Colt Cabana here who had his own storyline coming in. I I was disappointed by the match. It's because I feel like I haven't been given my Colt Cabana fix yet in AEW. Because like, we all know the matches he can have. It's always like, you know, see, see him do the moonsault. But they're always like half commercial breaks or over very quickly. So I'm hoping something bigger is in store in the future. Uh, but after the match, after Cabana lost, after a longer losing streak and Dark Order's repeated attempts over the last month to recruit him, the full Dark Order came out. And I was so excited to see Stu Grayson and Evil Uno there. That is absolutely it, mate. So the Dark Order's music hits, and I'm like, okay, cool, here comes Brody Lee and that other guy. But no, great. I'm like, I'm, I'm in all caps in my notes here. Uno and Grayson are back, and they stand in line. You've got Reynolds and the other lad in line with them. Ten, I think, was there. But like the Dark Order, sort of, all the Dark Order standing in a row, and out comes Brody Lee with them. And it's the first time we've seen the Dark Order in full effect. And it looks awesome. Like, they look so cool. It really, really does. And I am surprised because you go back for, for the last two and a half months, ever since Brody Lee debuted, I have been saying, well, what worries me about this is he was never the original leader and we're going to get a sort of retrofitting compromise of what the Dark Order idea was supposed to be. We're now going to have Brody Lee's version of the Dark Order rather than the one that was organically built up from the start, even though that itself changed a few times. But seeing them all together, Stu Grayson's always looked pretty different from Evil Uno. Evil Uno's got his own cool look. And then you've got uh, Brody, Mr. Brody Lee there as well with the minions, sorry, with the crawlers or creepers and the, the next level of recruits. I I thought of LIJ, you know, just the yeah. way they all mismatch in styles, but they also look like over-the-top anime comic book villains. I am pleasantly surprised, and I'm so happy I'm eating my words here. I think they look awesome, and I'm more into them than I've ever been. Yeah, really. I, I, yeah, totally agree. I thought they looked so, so cool. Um, the other thing I wanted to add about that match as well is I really liked the the finish of this in the way that it ties into the, the story that they've been telling with Colt. And I think actually the style of this match as well, that you're not, you know, you said you were because you, you want your Colt fix. I do think that's by design. I think because I feel like Colt is going through the motions. And the finish of this match was him going for the Chicago skyline, but he was going for a reverse Chicago skyline, which Excalibur was putting over his commentary. It was like, he very rarely does that. And he only ever does it as a last resort. And mm. that's what led to him getting beat. So, yeah, I think a lot of this is by design, it's, you know, to build on, on Colt's losing streak to then join the Dark Order. Yeah, well, I hope hopefully so. Yeah, I'm not writing it off because... Time and time again in this Dark Order storyline, they've they've over delivered on what I on my low expectations. So I mean, yeah, they well keep done. they keep dropping all these marbles. Like they the, yeah. the amount of times they've dropped the marbles with, with the Dark Order. Oh no, we dropped all of them. They just keep <laughs> picking them all back up. And you're like, oh, they picked them all back up again. They go, oh no, I've dropped them again. And they they I know they've proved me wrong. And there's gonna be a time where I'm like, they're not gonna be able to pick up all those marbles. There's too many. Oh no, they have. They picked them up again. Yeah, it's objectively, they are responsible for the most critically derided <laughs> angle in AEW history. And look how awesome they are now. I know. AEW learns from their mistakes. Yeah, maybe, and after this... Maybe 
the the nightmare collective could have gotten over maybe that could have worked i forgot about that <laughs> i uh... saw i saw luther and mel at ringside and i was like <laughs> oh mel is still here um so cabana after that follows them backstage and knocks on Brody lee's dressing room door so ooh. Mm. uh after that we got a, a joey janella sort of knocking back a few shots in a bar uh, with a sort of noirish voiceover saying how he came to AEW to become a star, but it just hasn't happened for him. And he wanders the streets and he gets in a car with Sonny Kiss. Yes. So I don't know if that's another tag team we're getting. Well, I was going to say they've been tagging on Dark for quite a while now, I believe. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Has that been pointed out to you already, is it? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, I think they've been tagging on. I mean, I don't watch Dark, but I believe they have been tagging on there for quite some time. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what that means for Joey's character. Uh, I, 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 Janela hasn't found his groove, unfortunately, which is a shame because he was one of the best things in the original All In. Uh, mm. He was injured, of course. Um, he was part of that terrific three-way at what was... Oh, it was quite oh, a no, it was all out last year, the Cracker Barrel Clash yeah. with Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc, yeah. But he's very outspoken on Twitter. He's now doing a sort of, ah, but I've lost it storyline, which, you know, to be honest, if you just kept on going into something and didn't tell me you had lost it, I wouldn't I wouldn't know. Mm. So I, 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 we'll see how this plays out. Um, yeah. It was nicely filmed, though. Uh, what was really good, though, was John Moxley cutting this crazy intense promo uh, to Alex Marvez on Taz and Brian Cage. I thought this was terrific. Yeah, he is pissed off that Brian Cage thinks he can beat him up. He's pissed off that Taz thinks Brian Cage can beat him up. And when he gets pissed off, it makes him more violent. Mox is a fantastic promo, man. He's so, so good. And you know, I, and there's a reason why his promos are so great is because you believe him. Yes. When he's saying this, I'm like, oh, I believe every single word that you're saying. It feels legit. I, I love him. I just think he's mm. so, so great. And I'm actually really starting. I'm, I mean, I've been quite sort of quietly into this feud with Brian Cage. But this angle here really kind of pushed it over the, the edge for me to be like, okay, now actually I'm really into this feud because Taz steps up and Taz cuts a wicked promo on on Brian, uh, on uh, John Moxley. And then from out of nowhere, it's like Hangman Page running down a football field. Brian Cage uh, runs and attacks Moxley and just starts throwing him into this car. Uh, and like he, you know, he does the thing where he, he goes to powerbomb him on the floor and Taz is like, no, 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 leave it. We've made our point. So instead he just picks him up and like spine busts or like power slams him into this car and shatters the windshield. I thought it was pretty rad. I thought it was a great angle. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time they've touched. So nice progression there of Mox on commentary first week. Then they're in the ring kind of a promo on each other. Now a parking lot brawl. Yeah. But I, I think it quietly into this. It's a low-key sleeper burner, but actually real big main event match, hopefully. Uh, and speaking of main event, our main event for this episode was Cody Rhodes defending his TNT title against Private Party's Mark Quinn. Who is still selling the knee injury, the knee injury that he picked up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and that's what led into the finish here. And I thought it was actually like, I thought Quinn's selling of his leg was really, really smart and really good particularly when he's going to do his trios dives and what i love about that is you the commentary putting over 
that's not the right thing to do. And the reason he's doing it is that it's the young inexperience. If you have got more years behind you, if you've got a bit more smarts about you, you'd realize, okay, well, my leg is knackered. I'm struggling to run. I'm struggling to stand. What I don't need to be doing now is three dives. But he's young and inexperienced. And he, you know, he's in this main event against Cody for a title. And that inexperience is what cost him the match, essentially, because load because Cody just locks in that knee bar and Quen has to tap out. He he beat himself effectively. So but it doesn't damage Cody because Cody looked great in the match. Cody looks also super ring smart because he's the one who was targeting that weakness. And once again, you've kind of built another, you've done a, a raising the stock. I'm not saying you built a star, but you've raised the stock of Mark Quen. Great. That's and that's what this TNT championship should be all about. I, I really, really like that. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you've said. It wasn't of the level of the Jungle Boy match last week, um, but it, it doesn't have to be. Uh, you, you got over Mark Quinn. You further established in the viewers' minds that every week they're going to get a pretty damn decent match from Cody. And what I didn't appreciate until now with this storyline is that it's also got a secondary purpose of every week Cody does this, it's almost like he's running the gauntlet and he's the guy who's in there at number one. Mm. And even though he's technically the, what's the opposite of the underdog? The top dog. The overdog. The overdog. He is slowly going to become the underdog in these matches because his injuries are going to compound. He's doing these matches every single week, whereas his competitors are coming at it fresh. Uh, We got the, I don't really, I, I didn't love the pe- the, the post match to this. No, uh, maybe it's because it just wasn't as good as other endings have been, or maybe it's because I'm my my how much I'm invested into Hager has a limit. But it was Hager coming out at the end and pushing over Arn, which was a nice touch. That's some easy heat, really. And then brawling with Cody. This brought out Private Party and Matt Hardy who's still their mentor. I love that. Team Extreme Matt Hardy. That was a good use of Matt. Yes. Thumbs up from me. And then the inner circle came out. There was a bit of a brawl. And Cody booked him versus Hager for Fighter Fest. Yes, which is next month. So, like, they've got Mm. quite a bit of time to build to this. And, you know, we're getting TNT Championship matches every week. Uh, Yeah, I'll be honest. Hager, to me, feels more like TV than pay-per-view. But, like, I I feel like like MJF feels like that's the pay-per-view match. Uh, you know him going for that TNT Championship. Well, I mean, I, I want to say pay per view, the big spectacle fighter fest episodes of Dynamite that we're currently building to. Yeah, Hager doesn't really feel like the big time. I don't know why. Like it, it's, it's maybe it's, it's still some of that WWE hang up that it just it isn't quite working for me. It's the same way I didn't quite buy him as a, a challenger to the to Moxley's reign. Well, I'm there's also that there are more there are people I would prefer for him to to face cody to face also i don't like the idea of cody booking matches for the tnt title like even two three weeks in advance Mm. to me because i if i'm remembering correctly it's not like he said if i still have this i I will book a match at fighter fest you'll get it and i will make my damnness to make sure i'm still champion no he just said i'll see you at fighter fest yeah so that that to me just I'm really into the idea of weekly title defenses, and I still think those are going to happen. But I think to oh, yeah. to, to say that that to, um, 
what's his name, Hager, is just sort of undermines those a little bit. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'd almost like it. It's you know, if in in the storyline world, it's TNT themselves that are booking the matches. Like it's the TNT executives that yeah. are making the decision on who they want to see uh, going for their TNT. I, I, I think that'd be that's quite a nice direction. As opposed to just, you know, whatever. Or a ranking system. Who knows? <laughs> Overall, I gave it uh, a three out of five, a middle of the roads, but I a low three out of five, really. A 2.5 out of five. Still in that mid-range area. But look, I'm, I'm saying that based on AEW's incredibly high standards. I just thought this was a solid episode. I can't believe those checks are starting to bounce. And now the real, the real colors are showing. Uh, and they ain't green. Um, but yeah, and I, and I, I three out of five as well. I'd have given it as well. Uh, I don't think I'd go on the low end of it because I love a FTR too much. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was a, a perfectly fine episode of Dynamite. But again, you know, like I said last week, I would show this to a new fan to be like, if you want to get back into wrestling, here is a really good show for you to watch. And like, and and to, you know, to say to them, and this is kind of the low level of how good this show can be. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, maybe that's more effective because then later they'd see the that they, it's not like they're setting really high expectations right from the get go. Uh, so let's get on with our s -s -s super chats. Sam Wall writes, if travel wasn't restricted, I think B Beasley would be Sheeda's next challenger. I'd like to think so as well. But like B has been, you know, she's been under AEW's contract since, you know, virtually day one of the promotion being announced. And they've yet to do anything really with her, like before the travel restrictions. So as much as I would like to think yes, I don't know if I could confidently say yes. Abel Ortega, I think they are making the women's division where anyone can beat anyone at any time. But that just flattens everyone out. If that's what they're going for, it's not working. Colostopia, I think AEW were planning a Sheeda versus Britt Baker feud. Absolutely they were, but, you know, those plans have now had to change. So you can formulate other plans. Like that, and that's that's what I find frustrating about this. It's you know, it's when we were saying like, oh, it it sucks that we're not doing anything with Uno and Grayson with the Dark Order. People were saying, well, they can't get out of Canada. I'm like, well, this videos like the Bubbly Bunch weren't all in the same room, but they were still putting stuff on TV. So like, yeah, I I, I imagine they probably were going to do Sheeta versus Brits, but that plan can't happen. So you have to formulate a plan B. Like that, yeah. that's just the way the world works. Sam Wall. I didn't realize Justin Roberts was back until Dasher was doing interviews backstage. And I wondered who's doing the ring announcing. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Oh, welcome back, Justin. Uh, Valid Mama de Buddy. I still think they're also trying to put over Floyd the Bat for that eventual sting arrival. Did you see um, Meltzer's tweet about this? Uh, I'll tell you what, if you carry on, I'll find it for you. Sawyer, if you want to hear some of Taz's best commentary, check out Moxley versus Robert Anthony on Dark. Masterfully Ooh. put over Cage and Fighter Fest, non-stop, bell-to-bell, fun technical wrestling match too. Great, yeah, that was on Tuesday's episode of Dark, a, a rare AEW title defense there. Yeah. Is it a title defense? I, 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 well, I think it was a appearance by the champion. I think it's yeah. why they were pushing it. Yeah, oh, so that, good actually, recommendation. 
that is a good recommendation. So yeah, Meltzer, someone tweeted Meltzer saying, any chance Jericho using this black wooden bat is teasing an angle with Sting? Meltzer replied, Sting is 61 years old and has stenosis of the neck. Let him be. <laughs> Ian Cage. Mox needs to be champ for a long time. AEW, definitely the best. Mm, yeah, I, I, I can see a long, long run for Mox, yeah. Dwayne Cooley, which feud do you think could be the Rockstone Cold of AEW? MJF versus Jungle Boy or Alan versus Sammy? I'm stuck with that. Or do you think another feud could be the long-standing rivalry? Yeah, maybe I could see it's Sammy versus Alan of those two. Yeah, especially Alan really feels like a, a Stone Cold anti-hero kind of character. Mm. Uh, but Cody MJF, you know... That, that's another another yeah. one. I, but yeah, there's that's the, the exciting thing about AEW. There are so many potential ones like that. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. There you go. Axe Adapter. Personally, I'm not a fan of them announcing who it is ahead of time. Part of what made Cena's Open Challenge so great was that we didn't really know who it would be until they actually came out. I wonder if they're <laughs> going to stop doing that, actually. Uh, I mean, they haven't announced who it is next week. And last week, uh, the plan was it for it to be Phoenix, but Phoenix got injured prior to Double or Nothing. So they changed it to Mark Quinn. And they changed all aspects of it throughout the show, with the exception of one bit of commentary by Jay Adger in last week's main event, where they said Ray Phoenix is challenging next week. It's the one bit that slipped through. So I wonder now if they're not going to do too much of announcing ahead of time, apart from the Hager match, obviously. I actually, I, I get that you won't have that surprise reveal uh, every week, but I think the, uh, I would sacrifice that in favor of a more realistic thing, which is Cody knowing who's his, who his opponent is, working with Arn to find that out, more like a real sport as opposed to, ah, you get a, you get a 30 second pop of realizing it's Joey Janela. You know, I, I, I think a, a better story is to, have Cody preparing that all, for all week and same with Joe, uh, whoever his opponent is. Dwayne Cooley back again to ask if Cody does retire in five years, as Tony Schiavone mentioned on commentary, who should his retirement retirement match be against? MJF. Yeah, put him over. Or maybe if you go the other way, Dustin, and they both retire together. Yeah, uh, but I'm all about putting over that younger talent. Yeah. Uh, Dylan from Cork again. I could see FTR versus Young Bucks being the main event of All Out. They've spoken about wanting to have the best tag team wrestling in the world. What better way to showcase it than closing the show? And I mean, if that feud is going to be as hot as I think it could be, yeah, I could certainly see that. And like, if you've got that in front of that All Out crowd who are going to be clamoring to see that match, yeah, it probably should be the main event. Oh, crowds. Hey, Martins, do you think Matt will be the world champ at any time? I'm assuming that's Hardy. Uh, yes. I personally don't know. No, I don't see it either. Oblivious Carry. We're going to ignore that Brian Cage is roided out. I mean, he's a big lad. We don't know that for sure, but it is a, it's, a sus it's a suspiciously large physique. Uh, I'm impressed that anyone can look that way naturally. Uh, Miguel 8A, I love the tag name that Jimmy Kip have going. I want to see them build a feud with the Butcher and Blade because both teams are just playing cool. It's the great thing about AEW's tag team division. Like, I mean, even, you know, names like Butcher and the Blade, it still makes me excited. Like, I, just, I still kind of get excited for their tag matches, even though they're not really one of the big teams. Yeah. Mike Laver 9, hey guys, this is my first ever super chat. 
Welcome. Hey, I live in a small town in Ontario, Canada, and quarantine life has been very boring. So thanks for all the entertaining content. My question is, how? Uh, what do you think of the tag team of Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss? Yeah, I mean, I'd be curious to see. You know, I'm I'm not like massively into it at the moment. It'd be nice to see Sonny Kiss on TV a little bit more, though. So yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see. Yeah. Justin Edelheat, Heat, Orange Cassidy is your starter Pokemon, and Blood Orange Cassidy, Jake Hager, is what he evolves into. Very nice. Yeah. Jose Quinde, Imagine Colts podcast has joined Dark Order promos in the sponsorship That's... reads. I like that. That's really good. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat, I'm still not sold on Cody's matches. He isn't bad, but he isn't a top guy without a mic in his hand. It's good that he's building up young guys. That's a a shame, Jazzcat, because I I think Cody's really, really proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that he can have the... I mean, like, double or nothing last year. Like, I don't know how you could look at that and be like, no, I still don't see see him as a top guy. Yeah. Um, on the subject of Wrestle Talk Brackets General, Patrol, uh, Patel Ron Six, follow Louis Dangor on Twitter uh, and catch him on Fightful <laughs> with SRS after Backlash. Justice for Louis. Uh, Seth Amphetamines, Luke, I watched all of Dave in two days and it was incredible. I almost cried on episode nine. <gasps> yes, that's the one, mate. I watched it from your recommendation. I'm glad you liked it. It's a brilliant show. So, so good. Still haven't seen it yet. No, no, but it is on my list. You, you, you convinced me on that one. Uh, Dartrain24. My name is Hector, and my client is the reigning defender, undisputed Quizzlemania champion, Luke Owen. Thanks for all you do, guys. Thank you for watching, Dartrain. Gabriel Caruso. If Lariat is your clothesline, run with that S word. If uh, suplex and collar and elbow can be successful, I think Lariat can be also. Sponsor some wrestlers. Hashtag WrestleTalk. Hashtag WrestleEntrepreneurs. WrestlePreneurs. That's what we are. Well, we can't do it without your help, Gabriel. But I'm glad you are. Well, I mean, we're we're all very much we really like the the idea of the sort of more sporty clothing line here's certainly a question for you uh, from patel ron six what hurts more chops to the chest or the chest waxing huh the hardest chop i've ever had on skin was not overall as painful as the waxing mm. because the waxing just you know it's a three-day process it sustains <laughs> yeah you can't wear clothes. It's too too uncomfortable. Uh, Michael Dominguez, shout out to Zoom presenter talking while I watch y'all. Does that know. mean they're, they're presenting I think, something? I think that's what, yeah. I think he is either presenting or someone is presenting and he's not really paying attention to them and he's watching us instead. <laughs> well done. Uh, and great, great chats went on here from Jobber JJ. Who's Chinese? Not that shirt. It's Japanese. Uh, <laughs> so it's a reference to yesterday's Quizzlemania where Adam Blompier put up the flag for China in like, who's this wrestler? Which is obviously the wrestler China. Pete didn't quite get it and just shouted, who's Chinese? I mean, for our listeners, it's been, you know, an hour and change. But do you now want to finish off the rest of the song? Like father, stepfather, the sun is drowning in the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a perfect song. So many movements to it. And there's a wrestling line in there. Wrestle with Jimmy. 
Something's bubbling <laughs> and bubbling. Oh, if anyone wants a bit of we, I know we've got this is meant to be a mailbag episode. <laughs> but again, I've said it before, the rentals. The rentals have finally released their album. Uh, they're the project of... Oh my God, I can't remember his name now, but he's the bassist from Weezer from the 90s. He left after Pinkerton. That's when they started to get crap, everybody. We only got two genuinely good Weezer albums. Yeah, and every album Ugh. since then has had like one, maybe two really, really good songs in it, and then a load of pants, average nonsense. Well, uh, uh, but so, you know, some incredible songs Island in the Sun, Hash Pipe. Pork and Beans, The Greatest Man Who Ever Lived, Austin Aries. But uh, it, this, uh, can't believe him. Matt Sharp, that's his name. Uh, he's the person responsible for the oh, oh, from Buddy Holly. All the false, falsetto bits, all the fun mm. bits was his. All the, all, and the falsettos. Mm. Um, so yeah, so maybe we'll all give that a listen to. That's Ollie's music recommendation of the week. Eh? Uh, I actually uh, got called up, not called up a little bit, but uh, taken a few people back yesterday uh, on Quizzlemania with my knowledge of the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, yes, you named all the members. Well, it's quite easy to remember all the members because they list them in songs in a specific order. <laughs> so as long as you know that, so the RZA, the Jizza, Old Daddy Bastard, Inspector Deck, Raekwon, the Chef, You God, Ghostface Killer, and M-E-T-H-O-D, man, then you're fine. You're, you're ready to go. I really like rap groups whose first few albums are mainly spent on introductions. <laughs> The first ever rap song of all time, widely recognized by that terrific documentary series that Luke and I both love, Hip Hop Evolution, is the Sugar Hill Gang's uh, Rapper's Delight. Yeah. And that is a song where people just tell you who they are. <laughs> I'm just going to pass the mic. Who are you? Hi, I'm, <laughs> I'm the lady's choice. Um, right. Do you want to have some emails? Oh, I from guess so. Our mailbag support at wrestletalk.com. Easy, also easy to remember because you hear it at the start of this podcast every single time you bump it up. Support at wrestletalk. Send us an email. Yeah, well, well should we have dot com? Dot <laughs> <laughs> com. Support wrestletalk. No, support at wrestletalk.com. Send yep. us an email. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, this comes in from Christopher, who says, Hi, Luke. Uh, hi there, Luke. My name is Chris. I'm here in the state, Kentucky, to be exact. I'm writing to you this email uh, to ask about how I can possibly become a better writer in regards to professional wrestling. I've written for a few sites before, but nothing I feel is on the same level as WrestleTalk, and I want to continue to grow and make myself better in the hopes of either you guys one day or someone else that's just as big. I've been a fan of yours and Ollie's since the early 2017 days. You guys have got me through some rough times. I want to say thank you for all you guys do. Hope this finds you well oh thanks for the kind words kentucky that's mm. chucky e. t city or town yeah kentucky and, gentry and or town mm. near washington i believe yeah. uh but hamlet a, a really big hamlet in <laughs> middle america uh yes that i mean the simple answer and i'm sorry to be boring because you've probably read this multiple times already is right 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 keep writing and edit Edit like a mother. Like you can spend three hours writing something. That is not it done. You probably then need to do six hours of going back through it, cutting out bits. The shorter it is, the more concise and clearer, clearer it is, the better it'll be. 
indeed. Uh, Rob says, Dear Ollie, Luke, Laurie, Adam, Simon, Pete, Andy, Louie, and the whole Wrestle Talk gang. Just wanted to drop you a message and say thank you for all you guys that you do. This last year of my life has been a challenging one following a breakdown of my marriage, having to move back in with my folks, and not being able to see my children every day. During this period, I've spent a lot of time hiking in the new forest. Does walking count as exercise yet, Ollie? No with your podcast to keep me company. You never fail to put a smile on my face, even on the more difficult days, I'm truly thankful. 12 months on, I'm now in my own place. I've written and released my band's debut EP, Cheeky Plug for Becoming Branches, and worked as an extra on 1917, so things are definitely looking up. I couldn't join you guys for the live Q&A last Monday, but thoroughly enjoyed catching up afterwards and wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for all you've done for me and so many others. Support WrestleTalk, support each other and as always jam that jam jam that jam wow you sound like you've turned it around what a hot tag to yourself you are that AEW match with darby allen when john moxie was taken out and he just hot tags himself in oh uh, match. that was a great match terrific stuff imagine that being on the set of 1917 such a huge period piece um I am actually on Becoming Branches. Becoming Branches is Spotify page. Mm, hit me up with some tracks. Like, name me those tracks. Oh, well, you might be familiar with Under the Waves, their most played track. Or actually, no, Take You Home is the most played track. But it's at the bottom of the top five. Well, you can't hear this. I can in my heroes. Heroes. It's because they've just... I've read the word heroes. Um, it's acoustic guitar. Female singer. I think. Are there some pictures? <gasps> I can. T Based in the New Forest in the south of England, Becoming Branches are a country folk pop trio blending acoustic sounds and soaring harmonies and an enchanting mix of creative and heartfelt originals. Winners of the 2019 Wimborne Folk Festival Live Award. Hey, well done, you guys. Jazz Robin Hannah. Look at oh, well, that. Rob, that, that's the guy who emailed in. <gasps> Famous fans. Well, there you go. Everyone go and give him a listen. Yes, absolutely. Great name as well. Like that as a name a lot. Um, did you Have you seen yesterday's Quizzlemania at any point or listened to the podcast version? I tuned in because I was really excited for Louie. Uh, sad he got bumped, but, you know, yeah. he's at the bottom of the pecking order right now. He he doesn't listen to this podcast. He's it's a it's an AEW podcast. Yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, I've I've seen various clips, but yet to watch the whole thing. What so was did your you, favorite bit? Well, I particularly enjoyed doing name that jam um, <laughs> when uh, Adam would read out song lyrics, despite the fact that it was the most technically challenging one because that was the uh, where Chris Van Vliet dropped out twice and Pooh Bear dropped out once. Um, but I'm pretty sure Pooh Bear did his on purpose uh, to to rib us all. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, do you want to have a try and guess at some of these? Oh, yeah. So, how, how does David Starr, who had to go to his mum's <sighs> store in a blackout in Philly, make that, like, no, no internet connectivity issues whatsoever, but these so-called, I guess they're just not really good at Twitter. Yeah, they're, they're really just not good at Twitter, but <gasps> hold latest on. Ollie... Series, latest series of Queer Eye is in Philadelphia. <gasps> I want we should submit David Starr to Queer Eye. <laughs> they would lap that up with his mum and like how good he is. Yeah, his moustache. Yes. Yeah. Oh, 
That'd be a lot of fun, actually, David. Star. We were so we were watching Queer Eye last night. We've now finished the whole series. You're absolutely right. The fish guy was a wonderful story. Have you seen the um, the Korean American doctor? We're we're halfway through that now. Um, they're they're too well adjusted for my liking. <laughs> I, I, I said to when they when they showed their lovely relationship with their beautiful daughter. She's just about to become a. Uh, a doctor. She's all very already very pretty. I, I, t- I turned to Anna and I said, "Well, this isn't going to be a classic episode. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want a redneck guy with like a red face and a big bushy beard, and he's his home is hoarded loads of stuff. That's the transformation story I want. I think she does go through quite the transformation, though. I think it's a really lovely. Like, have you have you seen the bit it's with her? Sh- it's literally a she's all that transformation. <laughs> they put down her hair. They take off her glasses. Nineties <laughs> high school movies have warped your perception of what a true transformation is. She does look different, though. Like at the and end of it, she put her hair down. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it complete. I, I, I mean, we, we're talking about that, but I thought it was wonderful, and it, it did bring a tear to my eye. Because um, yeah, it's a beautiful door. Anyway, so do you want to have a try up with some of these? Name that jams. Yes. So here's the lyric uh, to a song. Nice guys, it's always said they finish last, but bad asses always kicking a holes <laughs> ass. Oh man, this is tough. Is this like a, a verse lyric? It is, in yeah. In fact, it, it, I'll, I'll give you some hints. It's actually the <clears throat> end of a verse. Oh my god! And I think it's in that Jim Johnston era of like where the second verse is never heard because the entrances yeah. are much shorter. So he tried half as much. Whose gimmick does that fit? Obviously, Billy Gunn, but it's not going to be his. Uh, oh, I don't know. I haven't got the foggiest. It is, of course, the American badass, The Undertaker. Really? It was his, you done it now, and gone and made mm-hmm. a big mistake song. Uh, how about this one? Step up, because you're the next one in line for the kill. You don't believe me, but I'm betting that you will. Step up, because you're the next one in line for the kill. <laughs> this is really tough. I'm glad I wasn't on last night's show. Uh because I, 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 that would really puncture my <laughs> my status as knowing everything I'm, from Quizlemania. I mean, Pete is coming for you. He's now 0-4. <laughs> Your WrestleTalk News team, everybody. <laughs> Pete and Ollie. Uh, I, um, um, who's got a killing gimmick? Some belief. I don't know. Dolph Ziggler. Oh, dude, it's the disturbed version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Is it? Step up, because I'm the next one and never the kill. You don't believe me, but I'm betting that you will. Step up. I got right, it from the first two bits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's do this last one. Da- oh, no, no, let's not do that one. Uh, where's the one I actually wanted? Uh, ah, Fallen idols scream yesterday. Your kings and queens hit the ground like rain. Doesn't even rhyme. Fallen Iron. Is there a clue in this to their sort of gimmick? Uh, no, I wouldn't so say it's so. Purely knowledge. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that one either. Then King Corbin. No, it's of course Asuka. Uh, what that? Yesterday she's the Empress of Tomorrow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry. So oh, yeah. That, that does play into the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I suppose there is a bit of a... Sorry, sorry that, that's my bad. But anyway, I think we have to... I did really want to read out another email as well, but I got <laughs> so wrapped up in playing that game. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. If you've enjoyed it, you might enjoy what we also have to say on social medias. He's at Ollie Davis. I'm at This Is Luke Owen. It's at WrestleTalk underscore TV for all the latest good WrestleTalk stuff. We're on uh, Instagram as well, WrestleTalk.official. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, check out the NXT podcast that's going up with Adam and Laurie, the new NXT tag team. And we will see you. Oh, I mean, Pete and Andy will see you on Saturday. And I'm on the magazine show tomorrow. There's loads of podcasts. Take Backlash. Care. Oh, and the Backlash review as well. There might be a three-man booth for Backlash. Anyway, take care. I love you. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.